Welcome to the Wide World of Esports, a show devoted to all things esports. I'm your host, Catherine North. Today, we're talking with Queensland University PhD student Dong Chi Huang about graduate research in motor racing and esports and cycling esports. Welcome, Dong Chi. How are you? Yes, I'm good. Thank you so much for your invitation. All right. So you're in Australia right now. And uh, so you're going to school there. Yeah, I'm, I'm st still trying to finish my PhD study in Australia. And where are you originally from? Uh, I'm from China. So it's the north part of China, Shandong province. All right. So let me ask you, can you tell us a bit about your graduate research on esports in motor racing and cycling? Yes, sure. So uh, for me, it's a very interesting topic. My research topic is about understanding how sport organizations can use or leverage esports. So it's not just about waiting for the benefits happen. It's use some strategies uh, to maximize the benefits. And my interview is the um, I interviewed some people from the motor racing organizations and also cycling organizations. So these are two different types of sports. Also in the water world, they also have some difference. So that's the main area I'm focused on. So I'm curious, what was your um, what other uh, focus did you have in your um, uh undergraduate studies and did you have a, do you have a master's degree oh yeah I actually read a honors degree uh, after my undergraduate studies and at that time since 2019 from my honors study I started to uh, like learn something about esports and at that time my topic is about the motivations change during the process of esports fans from the like beginners to the like more, more mature stage. And then I try to focus on the uh, supplier side. Like in my PhD study, I focused on about how sport organizations to leverage esports. Okay. Um, so um, when, you're when you're researching and interviewing organization, which organizations like in motorcycle, cycling and in cycling have you interviewed yeah so i interviewed people uh, managers from nascar supercars and also f1 uh, for the motor racing perspective and for the cyclist perspective i interviewed some managers from uh, zwift and these types of platforms and also have some interviews with uh, people in national and state sport organizations such as All Cycling and also Canada Cycling. Ha have you thought to interview anyone um, from the Tour de France? Uh, sorry, Tour de France? Tour de France, uh-huh. Uh, like, what, what do you mean by Tour de France? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, the it's probably the biggest um, cycling event in the world. Uh, they're the most famous, oh. the France. 
Oh, yes. No, I just uh, interviewed more about the organization's perspective. So maybe some of the interviewees just uh, talk about their own theories, but not quite like the, uh, the directly the event perspectives. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, because if you were to interview them, it would be more the event rather than the organization, right? Yeah, uh, like more things, more about the events, but as you know, during the pandemic, or the events are canceled or postponed. So that's why some of organizations started to use esports as a substitute or try to fill the gap during the time. So that's the reason why I focus more about online events. Okay, so that's actually a really good point because um, what you what we saw was um, a shift from traditional sports to esports and traditional sports kind of being combined. Um, mm -hmm. So let me ask you, how do uh, simulations play a role in esports, particularly in motor racing and cycling? Yeah, so it's very different types of esports, actually. So for uh, maybe based our understanding, the traditional esports like Dota 2 and League of Legends, we need to use a computer or laptop and you just need a mouse. So for the motor racing and cycling esports, it needs different types of equipments and it's all based on the participants' equipments. For example, uh, the motor racing esports, they can use a wheel and also controllers. So you can have a very immersive experience and the skills actually can directly transferable between the real world and the virtual world because all the things are the same. Uh, for the cycling, it's actually different because they are just using an e-trainer and you can put your bicycle at home and connect with the HNRs to link to the water world. That's the role played by simulation. But for other types of sports, such as football and basketball, they actually have very different experience because they can directly use, for example, PS5 and also Switch. It's just a handle. But it's not really like the skills cannot directly transferable because you still need some body competition with others in the uh, traditional sport. But in motor racing, the skills are the same. And there's even some uh, drivers actually use esports to in their training because it's quite expensive and costs a lot of money to travel to another place and try to, uh, and there are a lot of rules for them to use the race track and try to remember the race track. But in the virtual world, actually you can directly use esports and remember the race track. So it's actually beneficial for their training. So when you talk about cycling and the, the equipment that they need for simulations, yeah. are you talking about something like a Peloton? Yeah, it's just like each nurse. So they actually uh, just based on the power of weight, you can just enter your weight sometimes to directly participate in the cycling esports uh, in the virtual world. And actually, most people try to use that for keep fit, for keep healthy. So it's like less competitive. It's more about uh, keep health. 
So if you if you're like um, a cyclist, can you just put your own bike on a on a stationary trainer and um, then connect it to a computer in order to participate? Mm, yes, there are some e-trainers. Can, you can directly connect your bicycle, like put your bicycle there and uh, link to the uh, e-trainers. It's just to, like to link the, sc- uh, the small screen about the e-trainer. So in simulations, um, in addition to having the fun of, of racing in uh, you know, simulations for esports, is it also used to increase skill and training? Um, like, like, for example, if you're in uh, motorcycling, if you spend time on the simulator, will that translate to skill on the track? Yes, the skills can be transferable. It's a quite important findings from my research, actually. So because the uh, because you also use the wheels and controllers and the wrist tracks, and you can have a like first person perspective. So it's actually a very immersive and authentic experience for the drivers to uh, try esports, and actually it's create a pathway for esports fans to become a motor, uh, real world, like using the motor racing. So it's it's like esports become a pathway for sport organizations to attract more fans and to engage them and um, hopefully can transfer them to their main products in the real world. So because of the skill transferability. I You know, I would think that there are people who really would, you know, they have kind of a dream of being a motorcycle racer. And so they get to this opportunity to do so without actually risking their lives. Is that an advantage to this? Yes, definitely. So this is one of the advantages because as we know, motor racing is quite expensive. It's not all the people have the, uh, the, the cars in their backyard, right? And it's also quite inherently risky uh, sport. But in esports, you don't need to worry about the exit, uh, the a car crash or something like that. So it, you can directly like click restart and everything's all right. You don't need to even repair your cars and we which spend a lot of money and you need a team to do that. But in esports, you can directly start again and it's not uh, like hurt your body or not ruin your health or something like that. So it's definitely a benefit for people try uh, to start it, trying uh, this type of sport, but but in a virtual world, and they don't need to have the risks. Yeah, are there any other advantages to using uh, simulations um, or benefits to using simulations uh, other than what you've mentioned? Yes, uh, so, uh, but, but, but from the sport organization perspective, it's more like they can tr- attract both new and existing fans. So it's not, um, it's not like other types of esports such as FIFA. So, the, uh, so in FIFA, their fans group are actually separated 
because they have different interests in the real world skills and uh, uh, esports skills. In esports, they can only have some tactics the similar, but not the phys- uh, like the physical skills. But in motor racing, because all the things are the similar, so they can actually have the real world drivers directly go to the virtual world and compete with each other. Mm-hmm. So it's actually attract a lot of fans based on that. Uh, and there's also a benefits to the sponsors actually, because the sponsors don't need to like invest too many money to have the sponsorship. They can try uh, to sponsor the esports in the virtual world and, and try if their investment is good or not. So it's also a way to attract both new and existing sponsors actually. Uh, there's also some benefits like they can, uh, like, like I mentioned before, in training and also try to uh, give them a pathway from esports to real world or the real world to esports. And it's actually fill the content gap for fans. Because in esports, you don't need to worry about whether if it's weakened. Uh, and the drivers can actually jump onto Zoom or other types of app to have the live streaming and they can have more communication with their fans. So the fans can feel them, uh, they can be more like linked with the drivers. And during the uh, esports experiences, actually they don't need to wear the helmet and the safety gear because it's quite safe in esports. So their fans can actually see their reactions in their face. So they can feel more related with these types of uh, like like uh, they can more feel more related with the uh, drivers. So this is also can enhance and engage them to participate the experiences. You know that's actually a really good point because being able to see someone's face and really know what they look like as opposed to just seeing the color of their helmet. You know, I mean, that doesn't really do much to provide more fan engagement. So I see that as a, a benefit. And so would you think that you mentioned sponsors? And so when this is when when we see esports more in the metaverse, do you think that uh, motor racing and cycling simulations will become even bigger? Yeah, I think so, because uh, do you know the movie called Ready Player One? I think that is a movie talk about the metaverse, right? And there's also actually some elements about the motor racing stuff. And it's also like using uh, simulations to link to the virtual world. And everything happens in the virtual world. So I can like definitely say there's a trend like the simulation types of esports can also be like a mediator to go to the metaverse world. Right. So what do you think the biggest um, benefits and limitations of using simulations in esports are? Mm. Yeah, so 
uh, one limitation is about whether it can directly help the environment in the water world. For motor racing, it's all right. It's a first-person perspective, and they can directly compete with that. And even try some different types of racetracks they can never achieve in the real world. But actually, for cyclists, they, their feelings are different because they need to feel the wind and they want to see the environment uh, when they are cycle doing cycling or biking. So it's actually quite different experience for them uh, to just ride at home. And also people, it's hard to control their uh, equipment. For example, some uh, participants may try to buy this brand Ace, uh, e-trainers, but someone purchased the B and it's hard for them to compete with each other and put them together. Uh, but it's the things that account controlled by the organizations, but controlled by participants. Also about the internet connection, sometimes it's hard to control things for the like event organizers. Yeah, sure. and yeah, and also there could be some limitations about how to control their cheating because there's some technical doping in the era actually. So they only use power of weight to try to uh, like keep them fair, but actually they can directly enter their weight to the system. And there's also about the rights of different sport organizations. Like there are some um, platforms about the e-trainers they actually have exclusive right to the sport organizations. So mm -hmm. at this point, uh, they may can uh, they can't like have directly link with their own sponsors. They need to use the sponsors of the platforms, but they have to collaborate with the uh, like like the platforms. Otherwise, they can't have the esport products. So it's also some limitations about the sport organization's capacity and resources. During the pandemic, it's actually everything is all right because all the resources can be used and focused on esports. It's not need to um, use the resources for the real world sport because all the events are postponed or canceled. But uh, after the pandemic, they still need to have something. Um, and their main focus is actually about their uh, real world products. For motor racing, it's all right because it's commercial sport organizations. And actually, it started before the pandemic. So uh, esports is one of their strategies, actually. But for the cycling organizations, sometimes they are not the same because they directly started during the uh, pandemic and only need uh, like the esport to fill the gap. So their main focus and also the riders sometimes only want to participate more in the virtual, uh, like in the real world. So their preference is still the real world experience, not the virtual world experience. So there are some limitations so why do you think esports has become a popular topic for graduate level research? 
Yeah. Um, at the beginning, as mentioned, because I, I started out 2019. So at that time, uh, it's not a lot of research about esports. At that point, it's just about the, a lot of discussion and debate about whether esports is a sport or not. <laughs> Something like that. And even now, when we went to the uh, like like the conference, there are a lot of people still asking you the similar question, like whether esports is sport or not. But it's not the most important point. The most thing is how to manage it and how to use that. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I try to enter the area. And also another thing is just like my friends around me really love to play esports. And sometimes they travel and try to see the esports events. And I don't really understand why you watch like esports events. It's in the water world. Even you go to the venue, it's still in the water world. And that's why I try to understand their like experience and what what motivated them to travel and linked with the travel experience. Uh, so that's why I started. Uh, and right now it's actually more um, researcher act, uh, actually focus on how to manage these types of industry. And it's quite fast growing and it's very beneficial industry. It can earn a lot of money. And so, and there's also many researchers focus on like how to uh, maximize benefits and the uh, consider about the commercial behaviors. So these are more important thing for me to just then just uh, like uh, consider the difference between esport and sport. And there's like it's tricky about to directly about uh, consider the definition things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think more important thing is how to manage it and like ma maximize benefits from that. Yeah, you were referring to um, our experience at the University of uh, Qatar. Um, um, we both spoke at the World Association of Sport Management um, conference in um, Doha. And we both kind of felt that these questions about whether um, esports is a sport or esports participants are athletes, that that's kind of old news. And the newer, more interesting research um, questions like you're examining are much more relevant to the future and that these old topics are just, they're done. We're done with them, right? <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah. And yeah, for me, it's not very makes sense to directly ask because there's one debate about the point about the physical skills of esports. But there are, like, for example, some research talk about the heart rate of players is actually the similar with uh, traditional sport. And uh, and as my research talks about, actually the skills can be transferable for motor racing in particular, but it can help you to like develop your skills and so sometimes the physical skills. 
So it's hard to just talk about the definition. It's more about the management. So that's why I come to the point. Sure. And so what are some of the other key questions that researchers in this field are currently exploring? Yeah. Uh, so uh, right now, they are more wider, like I mentioned. So they focus on, for example, sponsors and um, uh, for my areas about the sport organizations start use esports and like their brand uh, to try to extend their brand image, something like that. And also the live streaming perspective, like there are a lot of people uh, like the, uh, not the drivers, the popular people try to use the live streaming and attract fans and benefits from that. So are very like interesting uh, topics in this area and about this industry. Sure. And so how do you think that the intersection of esports and motor racing and cycling uh, is likely to evolve in the future? Mm. Yeah, so uh, for me, it's like the motor racing one developed like more, uh, um, uh, like better than in cycling area because as I mentioned, uh, the motor racing organizations try to use esports as one of their casings. So they started to use esports before the pandemic and actually during the pandemic, it's facilitated the esports using. And in the future, they, they consider to collaborate even with some popular es, uh, like, like popular traditional esports to have their elements in these types of esports, not just about the um, simulation types of esports. So it's quite interesting in the future. Uh, for the cycling organizations, they still consider about the financial problems because their resources are still just from the, uh, maybe from the government some, somehow, and also they are not-for-profit organizations. So their key resources are still need to focus on the real uh, cycling rather than just uh, focused on, on esports. So they need to consider about this issue. And there are also some sport organizations stopped using esports after the pandemic. So that could be a loss for them, but they need to consider how to deal with the issues and continue in the future. Terrific. Okay. So can you recommend any resources for viewers who might be interested in delving uh, more deeply into this topic. Uh, yeah, so about esports in general, uh, about uh, like esports, uh, there is a literature review from Pizzo, it takes it all 2022. So that article is quite about the academic areas about what talks about esports. Uh, and there's also some other articles about directly about how the uh, sport organizations use the cycling platforms Zwift and like like technical doping something like that. Uh, and also there are some articles about laptop, uh, for example, laptops and some 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 other authors also talk about these areas of things, but more about like sport organizations use esports at this point. 
um, like for me, I'm trying to publish my articles about how to maximize benefits. I'll let you know when I get it published. Absolutely. Um, so a uh, last question, what led you to be interested in cycling and motorcycling in relation to esports? Like what, what about your background and what you were doing made you uh, pick this as a field of your PhD study? Oh, well, first of all, I think I must have some interesting things to do my PhD study. So uh, it's a long journey. So I need to find there are something I'm interested in. And it's just like I write some news. And as the first time I focused on about the tourism perspective, but because of the pandemic, it's hard to collect data about because all the events are canceled or postponed. So I have to focus on the online events. But there are some interesting links between the traditional sport and esports. And like motor racing and cycling, try to do and try to build a gap during the pandemic. That's why I'm interested in this area and try to um, finish my long journey based on that. Sure, sure. And are you a gamer? Oh, yeah. Actually, I just play randomly some of the video games, but my skills not that high level. So I won't say I'm a gamer, but I'm interested in playing this type of things for like entertainment. Sure. All right. Well, Dongqi, it was fantastic having you on and it was exciting to hear what you're doing uh, at University of Queensland. Thank you so much. All right. And so to our viewers, thank you for joining us today. We have an exciting show for you in two weeks. See you then. Thank you so much for watching Think Tech Hawaii. If you like what we do, please like us and click the subscribe button on YouTube and the follow button on Vimeo. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and donate to us at thinktechhawaii.com. Mahalo. Thank you.